What time is it? Showtime. The brothers discuss sports and provide betting tips. The best kept secret in sports investing. Please welcome Bolt Brady and his bro. Well, hello out there, friends. Welcome in to another edition of Bolt Brady and his bro. This is our final wrap-up for the NBA Finals. We're also going to touch on the U.S. Open Golf that's coming up this week in L.A. Country Club. Both of us are on location, so let's reach out to our guy, Bolt. Sometimes he's a hard guy to track down. But he's always there for the people. I'm sure he'll answer for us to shit some handicapping. And the Denver Nuggets are your NBA champion. Yes, they are. What's up, Bolt? <laughs> How we doing? Great. Uh, that was pretty easy, you know, a little ho-hum. You know, actually, the first half last night wasn't easy, but they uh, they handled business. Well, so here's my question for you. what What is your first reaction to the NBA Finals or the playoffs in general or the Denver Nugs? Uh, you know, it, it's two months ago, but, you know, at first reaction, I'm like, I'm kind of just happy for, for Jokic and Denver for going that long without having a title. I thought that was cool. Right. Uh, I think for me, I, I mean, I knew, I knew Jokic, the Joker, was legit, but I, I didn't know he was this good, honestly. I mean, that guy was pure domination. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched some TNT games, and you know, they're on TV a decent amount because their record's always pretty good. But I guess I, I don't zone in that much on their games either, or him. And you're just kind of right. just you see his numbers, and I think the Westbrook thing kind of people started being like. Was that that hard? You know, he did it like three years in a row, so I think it kind of lost its luster on the triple double. But to have a, yep. a center do it and consistently just ball and be their centerpiece, he's really good. You know, he's not that old. Well, yeah, right. How about how about he led the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists? He was the leader in all three of them. Nice try. Yeah, that's a really really good try, and <laughs> it's just legit how he goes about his business, like. You know, he's not an individual, which is so refreshing to see. Like, you know, these guys are always talking about making their brand, my brand, my brand, and that guy cares loads about his brand. Yeah, definitely downplays all, all the stuff in the limelight and just sweet to see his family. His his big bro came down there and just kind of yanked him up from behind. I mean, that, that guy's not small either. <laughs> no, he's not. Those guys are teeny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They look yeah, like the those guys. look like the bouncer or like the limo driver, like in the bad guy movie, <laughs> or just like yeah, just like his bouncer, right? Around with right. Don't mess with him tonight at the club. <laughs> well, it, you know there there were some things that stood out. Like, how about if you go back to game three, and uh, how about in the first forty five points that the Nuggets scored, Jokic either assisted or scored on forty of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, dude, and that's why when he got in foul trouble, right? Uh, was that was that game four? Yeah, or no? Was that last night? Last last, last night. night he had a quick two. Yeah, he got in foul trouble, and Aaron Gordon was in foul trouble too. And I'm like, oh, this is how they could possibly lose this game. You've got to be kidding me, um, because it was good looking, like when he came off the court, and it was so good looking. What's his name? Green came in for the Nuggets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's throw me the jersey before that guy. <laughs> like, dude. The, he the journeyman. Still- he's he's a veteran that they all love and rave about, though, off the court. Well, no, I get it. 
but I mean, he was horrible. Bam was just going, wow, I get to go up against my little brother here. Let's just go. And Bam scored nine points in a row to the point where they go, time to put in DeAndre Jordan. And I don't think that I saw any yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the, he's their second rah-rah veteran that they, they've been pumping up. I think those two, I mean, I, they're the, those two are their most vocal guys on the bench, they say. Right. I mean, DeAndre's obviously like, dude, that guy used to be a baller, but I think, I don't think he literally had played in these playoffs. And if he has, it was very, very, very little. And they go, wow, DeAndre, I mean, we need, we need something here. And he actually came in and because of his size, it did slow down Bam enough until the big Joker came back. And then we had a ball game again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's still a big dude. I mean, he's like right around the seven feet. He's fuller than he used to be, too, in his, his Clipper days, you could tell. Yeah, yeah, obviously he's not in quite as good shape. I mean, he can still get up. They'll, they'll still throw him. But you could tell he got the ball out out by the free throw line, and they go, go for it, buddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone everyone just stepped away from him like he was the plague. They're like, go ahead and shoot it. <laughs> it's not happening. Green did have like a backdoor cut in the first quarter when he came in for like the dip and the, the heat called the timeout, but then the heat went on a run right after that. Right. Yeah, it was I, – I, there was another thing that I saw that people were throwing around. It was this stat that showed like Hakeem Olajuwon and Jordan and Shaq and, and none of these guys won a title – until they had another all-star next to him, which was interesting. And so they're claiming, like, you know, the Joker uh, is doing this without an all-star next to him. And I had to write back to, you know, my friends. I go, hey, guys, not to take anything away from everyone, but Jamal Murray is an all-star. It's just he's been hurt with his ACL. I mean, he missed two playoffs in a row, two years' worth of playoffs. Yeah. Um, So I go, let's put a little asterisk next to that one, guys, because – Jamal Bald. I mean, come on, that guy's not an all-star. Get serious. Yeah, I mean, what, what game game three, didn't they both have 30-point triple doubles? I mean, that's never happened. Yeah, and he he shot, he was almost, he was almost the 50, you know, like we were talking about for the series, he was almost the 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, I know he ended up at, at 39% from the three ball, which is still legit. I don't know where he was for everything else, but... How about this? He actually averaged 10 assists for the finals. Um, he had the most assists uh, in the finals. So mm-hmm. he averaged over over 10 assists. So on that topic, actually, our best bets for the finals went 4-1. and one. Uh, The only one that missed was Jokic averaging a triple-double, and he was just three assists short. I mean, it was like, you know, he was like 30-14-7 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the Heat played them differently. They they slapped that zone in there sometimes. So, and then the Nuggets, especially like a game like last night to start, they they were shooting so poorly. I had mentioned that to you earlier. I'm like those guys are still gonna have to knock down those outside shots from to get those ten assists. And he wasn't getting the help from that regard. Right. Well, and and that's the thing. They were shooting poorly. It was the worst ever in the NBA Finals. At one point. I was listening when I was uh, I was driving around in my car, listening to it. You know, the first half. Sometimes I'll run errands in the first half, knowing I could get back for the second. I'm listening to it on the radio, and they're like, "What are these guys doing?" They were one for twenty-two from three ball at one point, and they kept tossing it up. Yeah, and they only they only ended up five for twenty-eight, which is eighteen percent, and they were thirteen for twenty-three from the free throw line, which is fifty-six percent. 
which is equally as bad, and they still won the ball game. Yeah. I mean, I mean they like the Heat. They had they had the Joker in foul trouble early. The Nugs couldn't shoot, couldn't shoot a free throw, and they still couldn't handle them. And that's what we thought. That was the other thing we said. The East had no shot unless it was my boy Giannis. And as soon as he went down, that was ball game. The West was going to take her. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh... I think Giannis is one of those guys they mentioned too. He he actually didn't have an All Star, I don't think, when they won it till the following year. Because I'm sure, like like this next year, Murray's going to be thought of and be on the All Star team automatically, almost if he's decent year. Yeah, yeah. So I think I don't oh, think yeah. Middleton. I don't think Middleton made it from Milwaukee till the year after they made the title, and then Drew Holiday, I think, got one too. So then you're like, whammo! Yeah. Now I've got two All Stars with me. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but. I do know the the difference between the Joker and Murray versus like Tatum and Brown. How about the, how about this stat? So between the first three games, the first three games of the finals, Jamal and the Joker had twenty seven assists to each other, right? And how about Tatum and Brown against Miami? The entire seven game series, they had a whopping six assists to each other. Wow! Yeah. Is that incredible? So basically, you're on pace for about 60 assists between the Joker and Jamal to Tatum and Brown six. Because, like we said, that's one on one ball. It's total garbage. It got shot down, and the Nugs win with the team ball. Yeah, and then it, it's not like uh, Jokic's points per game average is worse than Tatum's and Brown's. It's, it's better. So it just shows yeah, right. you know those guys are doing. They, they they need to change up the way they're approaching it there. I think the the East in general. I mean, I just was I just was not high on the, on the East except for my. I mean, which is funny because at the beginning of the year I predicted the Bucks to win the championship. I mean, I just think that Giannis is he, Giannis is the one guy that he's in the conversation for. You know, he could be in the conversation for MVP, the best in the league. But how about how uh, Joel must be feeling now? They're like, not sure if Joel should have gotten the MVP. Let's give it to him this year. And then he gets to watch the Joker play those finals in the playoffs. And he's probably sitting there going, hello, is the Joker there? Yeah, hi, Joel. What's going on, buddy? Hey, do you want this MVP trophy, bud? Because I don't deserve it. You do. Pretty much. Dude, that happens all the time. Those awards are something separately. You know, it's not about who comes down and wins it in the end. Those guys rarely win the title, the regular season MVP. No, I know. But the Heat, you know, valiant effort, unreal as an eight seed, and Spolstra, 15 years as the head coach there. I love watching those guys. They they just need to retool a little bit. They kind of threw the news out there yesterday that that Hero was going to suit up, like he was going to be the knight in shining armor and the guy doesn't sniff the court because at that point it's kind of where do you throw him into the rotation with Struess and Robinson right so yeah uh you know and they're always you know how good's his hand do we even risk it here he's kind of still possible trade bait for someone like Dame or someone else that's out there Dame uh you know what's interesting is you know how we were talking about coaches usually get let go if they don't win how about Malone has been with the Nuggets for eight years? Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of, you kind of have to give uh, Cronky, yeah, the the owner some props for holding on to Malone because usually they go, dude, what's going on here? You've got the MVP. You're not winning. See you later. 
Yep. Um, that was good patience on their part to, to let Murray and Jokic kind of develop, work through those injuries. Because yeah. look, look what happened. I mean, then everything kind of went their year the, the way this year too. Like they got some good breaks here on the West Coast as well. Yeah, you mean with the, the way the playoffs shook out? Yeah, just the, just who yeah. who they came up against, who was dinged up a little bit. Yeah, it's worked out nicely. I think that happens to everyone. Though, yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. Yep. I heard a guy on the radio, and and he was giving uh, he was he was trying to give the Joker props. This is after they won it. And he was saying, uh, he's like, you know, I mean, how much longer can this guy play? I mean, he's young um, and he's got a lot of years in front of him. He's like, but, you know, he's not too athletic and he's still dominating. I'm like, he's not too athletic. What are you talking about, big guy? That He's seven feet tall and you think he could just move your feet like that easily, like down in the post and stuff if you're not very athletic? I was like, <laughs> wow. That was not the play right there, big guy. Well, people always do that. You know, If you're not touching the, the top of the backboard and, and doing all that stuff, they don't classify it as the same type of athlete. But he's so agile in, in different ways. Like they're, Yeah, they're just off in how they're describing him. I mean, they say the same thing about Steph. You know, not quite the athlete as some of these other guys. And... You know, I've sent you videos of him in warm-ups, and he throws the ball up and does, like, the 360 reverse. I'm like, it's not a very good athlete there, huh? <laughs> well, and the other thing I don't think that, you know, a lot of people realize is the taller you get, the harder it is to be athletic, you know? When you're, like, you can just see, like, kids growing up. Like, the guys that, the kids that are kind of, like, the smallest, those are typically the guys that are the quicker, quickest and the fastest. And then it's the same thing. I mean, it's easier to be six feet tall and be quick and fast and, like, maneuver around than when you're seven feet tall. I mean, those people usually are tripping over their feet. Mm-hmm. So, like, to be able to run up and down the court and, like, to do post moves and stuff, you're definitely athletic, big guy. In, in fact, you're very athletic. Mm-hmm. I, the the one thing I, if in that guy's description whoever said that I think maybe the way he plays and doesn't jump and like run into people like it doesn't seem like he's going to get injured as much as as the way he plays like because he's kind of lower to the ground with his footwork and stuff so yeah he could do this another ten years easy oh well you have a good point I don't think that's how he meant it but yes that is a good point I I don't even I don't even recall of course he can but I mean I don't even recall like when the Joker dunks it like. Yeah, not very often. I mean, but he do you remember him doing it in the playoffs. Yeah, no, he does. But what's crazy, like he still can just get those little shots off against someone like Bam and stuff, who's like six ten as well. Oh, I just, I'm just amazed at the shots he does in the paint. Like you know, we said it last time, and he, he proved it again last night. He's just auto. I mean, he is automatic in the paint. It's unreal. <laughs> Yep, it was good to watch. Our boy Big uh, Panoram was there with his son, hyping it up. So that was cool. They got to watch him bring it home on the home court. Mm-hmm. That is sweet. That is sweet. Yep. Uh, so I know we have some U.S. Open stuff to talk about here real quick. Is there anything else you want to say about the game? Nope. That, that was well done, Denver. Way to bring her home. You know, what is it, 47 years or whatever? That's a, congratulations. That was sweet. What did you think about Because this was our first time. Uh, covering the playoffs throughout on a, on our podcast for the last two months, I thought it was pretty badass actually following the playoffs that closely. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I've said it before, the regular season's hard to pull into, but when these guys flip the switch and, and get into playoff mode, it's so much more fun to watch and get into. Super, yeah. super into that first round when we started, um, you know, SAC and Golden State, but it, it didn't disappoint as it moved on. It was still fun. Yeah, I know. Two months later, it's legit. <laughs> it's legit. It's almost time for me to get the, the baseball channel now. All right. The baseball pack. <laughs> the, this is definitely the lull, you know, for for me. I mean, I love to watch the golf majors, but we've got a couple months here until like the football camps kick in, where I'm kind of like, I'll be outside, <laughs> but not quite yet. It's Father's Day weekend, and do they use? I mean, I know it falls on a lot, or do they do it no, every it's, weekend with it? It's every year. Yep, Sun, the Sunday's always Father's Day of U.S. Open. Yep, so that everyone, hopefully, every dad that wants to can sit on the couch, not move, and watch the U.S. Open. Or you could say I'm golfing this morning, and then I'm coming back to watch the end. That's true. Actually, uh, I think I'm going to be golfing with my father-in-law the day before. Well, when they slap them on the West Coast, too, it's like they they play so late into the prime time. It's really late, you know? Uh, I I noticed. How about, so speaking of that, I took a look, and the last tee time, which is right before 2 p.m. It's like 1.55 p.m. It's Brooks, Hideke, and Rory. And they're teeing off like at 2 p.m. Nice. On, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got light till almost 9 p.m., so they're good to go. So the U.S. Open this year is at the big Los Angeles Country Club. And uh, it was built in 1927, Restoration 2010, par 70, 7,400 uh, yards. And I think you've played there, right? This one I have not. Our, our boy, Big uh, B. Ricer, has many a times. But no, I haven't been to LACC. What's the one that, what's the other one in LA that I'm thinking of? Not Wilshire, because our buddy belongs to that. But what's the other one you played? Riviera. Oh, Riviera. That's right. Mm. And that is where the PGA stops. That's Tiger's right. tourney now. Yep. Yep. What what have you heard about uh, L.A. Country Club? Uh, supposed to be butter. It's right there. You know, Century City's kind of this little subdivision right there, kind of with some work and um, you know shopping right there, and, and you can just look out at it, and the thing just looks money. But they wouldn't open their gates much, even to like certain Hollywood types. They they were always really closed door. Certain religions, if you were like famous from from Hollywood, they didn't really want you in there as a member. So this was a bit of a turn for him to, to get on the U.S. Open turn here. So it's going to be pretty cool to see. Well, I, I heard the guys on Golf Channel um, that one of the guys was like, one of the analysts was like, no, what, this course is awesome. They're like, how come it's been so, how come we've never had one here before? And uh, the the lead analyst guy was like, well, you know, the people that were kind of running the show there before didn't want it to happen. No, so yeah, kind, they didn't kind, care. Kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think you were saying that, yeah, like even even some like famous people, some actors and stuff were like, hey, sign me up. And they're like, yep, get in line, big guy. We'll see you later. No, yeah, they they definitely had a closed door policy. They didn't They didn't want that amongst their members, so... I don't know if it changed ownership or what the deal is, but this will be sweet. I always love the California ones, and, and the guys seem to like it too. So when they were at Riviera and stuff earlier in the season, they were all kind of popping over to get the practice rounds and get a feel for it. But you know the U.S. Open has tweaked the setup 
um, you know, we had heard the rumor from our friend Siege in, in Arizona had kind of heard some whispers that they were having problems growing out some rough and stuff. And, and that's kind of hit the airwaves now. But th- they do this every year. I would imagine by now it's got to be playing a lot tougher and the greens are, are where they want them. Did it? Well, I know our buddy did say that, but did it hit the airwaves that the rough did grow out like they said, like he said? I saw I saw someone like a golf guy on Twitter saying, I, "I hear the rough is back to being more penal." You know, stay tuned. So I, I think it's it's better than it was. I think two weeks ago. Right. Well, the other thing that our friend was saying that was interesting was that you know people people that don't play golf might not um, realize that you don't necessarily have to go down the fairway that it's designed to. So if you're teeing off on number one, obviously number one's got its own fairway. But if there's a hole on the other side, another fairway, let's just say it's 18, for example, there's nothing that says you can't just punch it over to 18 if you've got, like, a better shot at it. Like, if there's, you know, typically there's not out of bounds in the middle of a course. Mm -hmm. And that was the other rumor that he had that, some of the guys were looking at some like shortcuts or better angles into the greens that aren't necessarily down the same fairways. I did see that. I, I saw a, a golf agent had warned the the USGA and also just to let the television people give them a heads up because these courses too they'll they'll change the the layout from what like the members might play one through eighteen, but when like a tournament comes in, they're like we're going to make number nine, number eighteen this week just because we like it as a better finishing hole. So I don't know in terms of the layout if they change that, but I guess the players don't really like the fairway for 18. So the agent was just giving them the heads up like, hey, a lot of my guys are going to hit it down number one because they, like the, they <laughs> like the look. So, you know, those first two days, there's so many people playing. It's like 156 qualify. Yeah. You know, let's just say I step to 18. I'm like, those guys clear up. I'm coming down one here. And it's like, it's just like a... <laughs> It's another like delay as we're waiting on guys to hit, and it's already playing tough. Yeah, <clears throat> there's 156 people that are playing, and then 60, number 60, and ties move on to the weekend. Yeah, is what it is. is it 60? I thought that was the the Masters one. You usually get around like 80 dudes That's, make make I, the no, weekend. Well, it's sixties and ties. I'm positive, right? But there's usually a, a healthy amount of ties. When I'm, I'm, you'll sure, get around sure, the seventy-eight sure. ish usually for sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. And just some just some little facts about the most strokes, the largest victory ever, the U.S. Open. And I think you know the answer to this one. Big T. Gray Woods. How about when he won the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach by fifteen strokes? Mm-hmm. Is that? The, maybe the most pure domination of all time. <laughs> Is that 2000? Yeah. I mean, dude, how about when you're playing against other professionals in a major and you beat them by 15 strokes? They're like, wow, is this uh, is this Q school out here? <laughs> and we got like a legit pro that's about to go. Nope, that's Tigray at Pebble against the rest of the best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then you got big Jack Nick. Most consecutive U.S. Open cuts made in a row, 44. Mm. How about that one? That's sweet. So the the other thing that I noticed that was like noticed that it was interesting from a betting standpoint is everyone's talking about Max Homa, okay? Um, and Homa, and the reason why is because I, I believe he's got the course record there 
he played there in college, I, and he shot the sixty three. Um, yeah, he's a Cal. Was, he's a Cal guy, so I'm sure he played you know UCLA or whoever down there. Right, and um, and he actually he's seventh in the world. I mean, I, he's got a couple wins this year, and he's been playing well, but seventh in the world. There's no way. Like I'm here to say. There's no way he's winning the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I'm with you. I saw him as like a kind of a darling pick for a lot of people too. Well, not a well. How about this? So the most tickets and the most money have been put on him. Hmm. I find that incredible. Almost ten percent of the tickets are put on him. I mean, that's just so, what happens when, like, you know, Sports Center or the Golf Channel do a little piece on, on him, like. Watch out for him, and everyone's like, "Whoa, that's the guy!" <laughs> and he never wins. No, when they say it, no, never, 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 never. <laughs> Who do you have your eyes on here? Well, you I've got go best. You don't have to go best better here, but I got a two sleeper, like? two sleepers, and two big dogs. I mean, which ones do you want first? Fire away with a sleeper for me. Uh, I'm kind of following the trend that I did last year when it was kind of the Will Zalatoris was my, my up and comer guy, but I, yeah. I had him earlier and my guy this year is Sahith, uh, Thagala. He's, he's a Southern, he's a Southern Cal guy and he has played this course. I saw him say it on a podcast. He's played it over 30 times himself. Again, we go back to the setup being totally different, but Still line of sight and, you know, just kind of knowing when he hits into certain holes, you know, I, I would think he has to feel comfortable there. Um, right. So Sahith. And then the other guy we talked about, I said, was trending the right way, was Justin Rose. I like how he's been playing. Okay. Yep. I'm with you. Sahith, by the way, is uh, 101 to win. So he's definitely would be a sleeper. Well, and then I, one, one other fact here I saw, which was in, cause I was looking for sleepers, you know, and I, I always like to just kind of look and see like, who do I like that people aren't going to look at as much. And it said for the last 10 years for the U S open, the winners come out of the top 30 in the rankings. Don't doubt that. I also saw a thing where 11 out of the last 14 years, that the winner has uh, been in the top 10 at least four times that year. Okay. So, so basically, they're balling. So Heath is 28th. Jay Rose is 25th. So if we're getting like late 20s, that's kind of right where I'd want him as like a sleeper. And then I know a lot of people like Corey Connors. He was 29th. And then uh, I kind of was thinking about for a second Ricky because he's trending. But Ricky just has that one round that's always just total garb still. And he just always <laughs> he slips down the board. I just... His dome game's just kind of gone. Yeah, I, I the, the, like for me, it's it's you know, and it, you just proved it right there at the top thirty. I mean, it's nice. I hear like on other podcasts, oh, hey, who's a sleeper? And it's like Wyndham Clark, you know, <laughs> blah blah blah. And you're like, dude, good luck with that guy winning it. I mean, it's not happening. Like, in order to win one of these, you are one of the big dogs. Like, once in a blue moon someone comes out, you know, and it might even be like Colin Narcala that, that year he won it, but it's like, dude, he was a young gun, you know, and uh, so you get it every once in a while, or the Jordo, who's just like, you know, turns out to be a straight baller, but yeah, like getting like these guys that are way down there, in my opinion, just light the money on fire. It's, yeah. It's just not happening. I mean, even someone like Jordo, like by then they were so hot, they were inside the top 30. Or like Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick last year, they're both inside the top 30 when they're coming down the stretch there already. 
Right. So, yeah, yeah you you got to be hitting the ball well. I mean, Augusta, you can get someone who creeps up the board a little more because you can get away with spraying it and recover on a shot. But here, you know, if you're in the junk, you're going to drop two real quick. Yeah, I guess what was interesting is they say that the fairways are pretty big, but like you mentioned, like with Augusta, even though they're big, you still have to put them in the right spot yep. or else there's actually runoff. Um, so do you have a couple yeah. sleepers? Um, not really. <laughs> then who do you, you know, who do you like? Well, um, I've got, so <laughs> the number one guy to win the tournament is big Scotty chef. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm in full agreement with it, with this guy. I mean, he basically ranks in the top five and everything. He basically finishes in the top five, like every time, like the masters, he had a poor showing and he finished in 10th. You know, um, the PGA just recently, Brooks took first and Scotty was second. I mean, he's just dominating right now. And if he's been having problems with his putter recently, I so saw, yeah. If his, if his putter comes alive, he might even run away with it. So, well, he to that know, to that point too. He said, you know, I'm I'm striking the ball statistically better than everybody. He's like, so when you're just throwing it middle of the green it's like you know sometimes those guys miss their approach and and they get that first little chip that gets it a lot closer and the putting stats can differentiate from the guy that gets like the four footer versus my 15 footers that's what he was saying yeah he's like sometimes you know the stats definitely can tell a story but he's like i'm i'm striking the ball so good right now um i'm just on the green every single time right and it wasn't like in a braggy way of him saying it's just like he is hitting the ball better than everybody right now Right. And he won the Phoenix. He won the Players Champ. Like I just mentioned, he finished second in the PGA. I mean, his top fives are, are ridiculous. I'm just saying, like, for Mike, like, to pick, like, out of the ROM or the Rory's, you know, like, if you have to pick out of that top tier, it's a no brainer, Scotty Chef, for me. Yeah. Um, and with Roar, speaking of Roar, I love Roar to death, but no chance that guy wins this either. Nope. I mean, you know, I watched him this week up at the RBC, right? And Friday and Saturday, he looks like the best golfer in the world. And you're like, dude, because his driver is just a joke. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, would I like to be able to play from where he hits the ball and see what my score is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Roar, like, he's most talented golfer. By far. He just, I mean, he hasn't won a major in nine years. Yep. Like I think the dome you know, games just, you know, he's down the rabbit hole and he he can't quite get out of it on on the Sundays. Well, down the rabbit hole or what if we had a what if we had Bolt Brady on? What if we had Rory on Bolt Brady and he goes, "Guys, thanks for having me today. Feel free to ask me any question you want." I go, "Roar, we love you to death, buddy, especially cuz we're Irish too. Here's the question. Do you even really care anymore about golf? Cuz if you don't, we get it." And we know you got to kind of have to put on an act for like the the crowd and you know the media and stuff. And Roar might go, guys, I've been playing golf my whole life. I'm just kind of having fun right now. And you know what? No, I don't. I don't really care. <laughs> and we'd be like, or, okay, thanks for the honesty, Roar. Or Roar, I've got a proposition for you. Let's ditch the high school buddy on the bag and throw me on it, and we might be talking <laughs> a new ball game. <laughs> what does he have his high school buddy on it? Yeah, it's like his best bud from growing up in Ireland. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's cool that he does that. But, yeah, 
Yeah, being on the bag is is fun. I told you how how I did that for a buddy in a really competitive tournament, and it's it's seriously almost as much fun as playing. Yeah, it's that much, it's that much fun. That's why I I love when these guys are like in their mid twenties and they're just new and single and they just grind the golf. No one's there to ask them what they're doing for dinner and stuff. It's, it's that's Sahith. That's you know how Bryson was a couple years ago. I you know he's still grinding. I think he's single, but. Before those guys get distracted with the home life, they just crank it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I will give you one of the best bets, though, and it's the two guys that I mentioned, Scotty Chef versus Rory in a matchup for the entire tournament. I'll take Scotty Chef there yep. head-to-head. I like that. I think yeah. uh, I think Brooks. I mean, I, Brooks and Scotty, if I'm picking the two big dogs, those are the two that I, I have down as the favorites that I – I mean, Brooks is feeling good. I mean, watch out for that dude when he when he's feeling good at the majors. Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, how can you go against Brooks, right? I mean, come on. That guy's slightly bald. Mm-hmm. And so he's not – so what does his majors consist of? Just PGAs and U.S. Opens, right? Yeah. Three and two. Um, so he obviously gets up for this. Um, the question is, man, I mean, like – the run that he's had, like with the Masters um, and the PGA, it's like, can he do it again? Certainly. I mean, you, you haven't been seeing those guys as much. You know, they popped into Tulsa and, and somewhere else. Uh, you know, where's the other small one they had to? He's kicking her to home for a few weeks. He's ready to go. I mean, I, I can't go against. Yeah, I'm with you. So you, you say Scotty and Brooks if you picked out of the top tier. Yep. Yeah. I don't have anything against that. Yeah. Uh, are, are you are you ready for another matchup best bet? Yep, go ahead, and we can uh, we can wrap her up. Okay. Well, I've, I'll end with my best bets for you. Then we got Jordo versus Colin. Yep. And uh, Jordo had a wrist injury, you know, and now he's battled back from that. He's playing way better. So Jordo versus Colin and head to head. Scotty versus Rory, head to head. We like Scotty and Jordo, and then here is the best bet for the best bets. Um, and the people that have been following us on Twitter got a best bet that hit when we took Rory. We went against Rory last uh, tournament at the RBC and got the W out of How about this one? you got to be kidding me. In fact, I had to look at it again today to see if it's still available, and it is. You can pick Jordo to finish. You ready for this one? 25th place or better. Hmm. Minus 115, and I go, you got to be kidding me if you don't think Jordo's going to finish in the top 25 of this bad boy. <laughs> Holy cow, that's the best bet of the best bets. Yeah, I guess the, they're, one, they're, wondering, they're wondering about the wrist probably there. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I'll take it. All I'll right. take the wrist. Okay. Got anything else you want to add to it betting-wise? Um, no, just follow us on Twitter. You know, keep doing it. People like our boy Jr. He's he's uh, following us on Twitter and he's getting the golf picks. So I'll have um, daily matches. Or I don't know if it's going to happen daily, but I might put up matches that I like there on a daily basis. These ones I gave today are for the entire tournament, but I like the dailies as well. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Bolt Brady Picks. So we'll we'll do some daily updates since there. So keep an eye on those for sure. And then we're going to take a, a few weeks off here, 
take a little summer vacay, and we'll probably come back for the British Open for you guys uh, before football and stuff gets rocking for us. But keep an eye out there, and we'll catch you guys soon. 